children's worship team. So today we're going to continue in our series, The Good Life, and notice we didn't call it the easy life, we didn't call it the simple life, because as we've learned over the past few weeks, that the good life rarely means easy or simple. In fact, oftentimes it can be downright challenging, difficult. And so the message Jesus is teaching us here is that on the Sermon of the Mount, on Matthew chapter 5, he says we can live the good life, but it goes against most of what we've learned from our culture, from our world, from the news, from things we read, things we see. We, we recognize it paints a completely different picture than what Jesus is speaking here. We, we recognize that the world says, look, as long as you have family, money, job, and stuff, you're living the good life. And, and, and that's how you'll know. But not that those are bad things, because they're not. Those are good things, and, and they're not wrong, but they may not lead us to the good life that Jesus is speaking of. Jesus gives us a complete other perspective to view. So over the past couple of weeks, we've looked at things like how God blesses those who are poor in spirit, that God blesses those who mourn, God blesses the meek. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And all of these are completely upside-down statements. Upside-down because, because they're different than the world. We live in a world where we think, blessed are the advantage-taker, and blessed is the ruthless, blessed are the egocentrics and those that seek revenge, but not for Jesus. And for Jesus, he sets a new standard here for, for all of us who, who believe in him. This is for you, Christ follower. So today, we want to continue to look at Matthew chapter 5. We're going to continue to look at Jesus' sermon on the mount when he continues his sermon by saying this to us. He says, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. They will be shown mercy. Jesus calls us to be merciful, but before we actually look at why we should be merciful, we need to understand a little bit better about what mercy actually means. You know, when I hear the word mercy, it, it takes me back to this game we used to play as kids. Do you remember the game where you would lock fingers with somebody and then you would twist, and you would push, and you would bend, and you would do all sorts of things with their wrists to try to get them to fall to their knees. And once they fall to their knees, you would win when they would yell, Mercy! And hopefully, unless you were a jerk, you let go, and you let them back up, and you won. They yelled mercy, and you won. You showed them mercy. But what is mercy? Well, just for kicks, I looked it up in the dictionary. This is a simple definition of what it says. Mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Mercy is compassion and forgiveness. Maybe a, a better way of putting it is that mercy is not getting what you do deserve. For example, 
When my daughters don't clean their room or empty out the dishwasher like they were asked to do, they deserve consequences. They desire compassion and forgiveness. When you show up to work 25 minutes late, you deserve consequences. You desire compassion and forgiveness. When I got pulled over going through Wakeman doing 45 and a 35, I deserved consequences. I desired compassion and forgiveness. There's something powerful that happens when, when a person who doesn't deserve it receives compassion and forgiveness, when they receive mercy. Mercy changes people's lives. It's interesting, though, about mercy. We love to receive it. We love to get mercy when it benefits us, but it's often difficult to give it to others. And I've always wondered, why is that? Well, why is it so hard to give? We want people to pay for their mistakes. We want people to pay for their crimes. But when it's our mistakes and it's our crimes, oh, we desire compassion and forgiveness. We want mercy. Well, Jesus shared a story that highlights this theme exactly in Matthew chapter 18. And I want to take a look at this story today. And, and this is, this is how, how it goes. The kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. The servant owed a lot of money to the king. And he couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave the debt. You know, in this culture, the consequences for not being able to pay your debt was was severe. Now, this seems a little bit over the top to us, but for them, this is how it was. If you couldn't pay your debt, you could be sold into slavery, your, your wife could be sold into slavery, your kids could be sold into slavery until you were able to pay the debt. That was not uncommon. It was not uncommon if you couldn't pay your debt to be put into prison. And hopefully... You had a family member with some money that would come and pay the debt for you. And if you didn't have any family members, or if you didn't have a family member that was willing or able to pay your debt, you could spend the rest of your life in prison for this. This was not uncommon for them. This was reality. And so when we see this story of the servant who couldn't pay his debt, it, he deserved consequences. He deserved to get what was coming to him, and yet... And yet the master, what the master do? Moved with compassion. He forgave the debt. He showed mercy. He did not give the servant what the servant deserved. Instead, he showed him mercy. We all love when mercy is given to us, when it benefits us. But I guess the question is, is why? Why should I be merciful? I mean, what's in it for me 
to be merciful. Well, once again, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5 in his Sermon on the Mount, he said, God blesses those who are merciful. Why? Why? For they will be shown mercy. I wish the story of this servant ended there. That would make the perfect Hallmark movie. You know, the servant, the servant comes in, he can't pay. He's with his wife. They're probably crying. He can't pay the bill. And then this big, mean king suddenly shows compassion for him. And they all walk away happily ever after. All is good. End of story. That would be fantastic. But that's not how the story ends. In fact, Jesus goes on to tell us how this story ends. And it says this. But... Uh, is this right? Yes. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars, far less than he owed. It says he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him just as he did to the king and begged him for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put into prison until he could pay the debt in full. Now, if you're like me, it's at this point in the story that I get irritated. I'm a little agitated reading this, because I'm thinking to myself, how in the world could this man do that? After he had just been forgiven, after he had just been shown mercy by the king, how could he turn around and treat someone else this way? It's not right. And it angers me. And I'm not the only one that's angry because Jesus tells us as he goes on, when some of the other servants saw this, they were upset. And it says they went to the king and they told him everything that happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said this, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had his, paid his entire debt. Whew. If that doesn't scare you, if that doesn't scare you, it should. And if that statement doesn't scare you, maybe Jesus' last sentence will, how he closes this story. He, he includes one more sentence, and he says this. That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. I mean, if, if you believe that Jesus is telling the truth, if you believe he's not just making this up, he's not just exaggerating here, and I don't believe he is. If you believe that, and you aren't concerned about mercy, you should be. Because this makes me start thinking about mercy in a whole new way when I know that's the statement made. But I wrestled with this, because maybe you're asking the same question I asked. I asked questions this week like, but, but I thought God was always merciful. I thought God always forgave me. I thought he gave that freely. I thought he gave it unconditionally. 
So, so if that's the truth, then, then why this warning? And I, and I, I would respond and say, I, I think you're correct. God does give mercy. He does give forgiveness freely. You could never do enough to earn this. I know from Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. That is what we deserve. We deserve death. And without God's mercy, that is exactly what we would get. And so the question remains, if God is merciful, then why this threat? Why does this verse seem to go against all that I know the Lord to be, personally? So I did some looking, and boy, James, a a relative of Jesus, even wrote these words. He says, there will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. And I thought, man, is there more? In fact, Matthew goes on in his book to say the same thing. He says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. I mean, how do we make sense of this? How do I make sense out of what I know to be true of God, and yet what I read here as clear warnings? I think it's it's this. We, We can't earn God's forgiveness. We can't earn his mercy. He gives that to you freely. That is true. But, When you withhold forgiveness and mercy from others, when you withhold that, especially after receiving it yourself, I'm talking to you, Christ follower, who have received mercy and forgiveness yourself. When you withhold it from others, what you're doing is you're showing and you're demonstrating that you truly don't understand or appreciate God's mercy towards you. You're, you're, You're taking it for granted. And when you don't forgive and you don't show mercy to others, what you're doing is you're denying that we're all on common ground as sinners, which we all are. Every single person in this room is a sinner. And we're all in need of God's forgiveness. And and we are undeservingly placing ourselves above other people when we withhold mercy from them. We're, We're somehow thinking that that we're better than that they are, or we're more deserving than them. God's forgiveness is, is not the direct result of forgiving others. We can't earn that, that is true. But based on realizing what forgiveness means, and based on how much we ourselves have been forgiven, that is how we show we understand that, that we're grateful for, that we appreciate what we ourselves have been given. I acknowledge it's hard to show mercy. Maybe it's because it's inconvenient at times to show mercy. Maybe it's hard because, I, I don't know, it costs us something to give mercy. Or, or, or maybe we're just so focused on ourselves that we, we have trouble with that. Or maybe 
just maybe it's this, that we don't truly understand the sacrifice, the love, the forgiveness, the mercy that we have received from the King. The truth is this, and I've, I've said it a million times, and I'm, I'll say it a million more times. As long as I have breath in my lungs, you will hear these words come out of my mouth. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us, each and every one of us. He did more for us than we could ever do for others. He died on the cross so that we could be forgiven from our mistakes, from our sins. He rescued us first. We're the beneficiaries of that. And it's only when we truly understand the cost of his sacrifice, his son, that we can in turn then show mercy to others. You know, the good life, it doesn't come from a job, family, money, stuff. That is not where it comes from. Jesus says that the good life comes when we show mercy to others. Why? Because God has shown us mercy first. Before we close today, maybe you've never experienced this mercy for yourself. Maybe you didn't even know you could receive it. I'm here to tell you today that you can. And so, in just a moment, I'm going to close by giving us your next Be the Light challenge for the week. But before I do, I'd love to pray. And I'm going to give a, a moment of quiet for you to pray as well. And this is what I'm asking. If you would pray, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you've received his mercy. You understand the cost and what that's been given to you, then I'm going to encourage you just to simply pray this prayer. Say maybe a prayer of thanks. Thank you, Lord, for what you've given me. An appreciation for it. A gratefulness. A prayer of praise for what he's given you. Maybe if you're here this morning and you've never received that forgiveness, that mercy, maybe you didn't know it was offered to you, then maybe your prayer sounds different. Maybe this morning your prayer sounds like an acknowledgement that I've made mistakes, an acknowledgement of my sins, and ask for that mercy. Ask for that forgiveness that he gives so freely. So let's take a moment now, and let's just pray, and then I will close us in a moment. Let's pray. Thank you today, Lord, for the mercy you've shown me through your compassion and your forgiveness. 
Lord, I acknowledge that I've sinned and I could never, ever earn your forgiveness. Thank you for giving it to me. I know how much it cost you, Lord. I thank you for Jesus. And may the truth and the understanding of this lead me to be more like you today, more merciful. May I come to understand this greater every day so that I can in turn offer mercy to others who may not deserve it. I thank you, Lord, for loving us. In your name I pray, amen. I'll say again, God blesses those who are merciful. Why? For they will be shown mercy. So this week, let me make this practical. As you are going through your week and showing mercy to other people, let me give you one easy way that you can do this. Uh, as you are the light to people showing random acts of kindness to people in our communities, I've always loved being a part of something, of the, in the middle of this thing that I'm going to ask you to do. This week, as your Be the Light challenge, I'm going to ask you to show mercy to someone by paying and praying for the person in line behind you. Now, I've learned you can't do this at McDonald's, so every other place you can. So whether you're at Dunkin' Donuts or wherever you're at, maybe you're even at a gas station paying for your gas, or maybe at a grocery store you're paying for the few groceries you got, I'm going to ask you to pay and pray for the person behind you. How does this show mercy? Well, it shows mercy because this person is not going to get what they deserve, their bill. You are. You're taking that on for them. What a way to, to show mercy to people in our community. May you be the light to someone this week. And we will see you next week. We have greeters who will dismiss you now. Let's do that.